0: You're listening to Know Your Rights with Ellen Firestone.
1: What's going on, guys? Greg here, and you are tuned in to Know Your Rights with Ellen Firestone. We have gone through the first four articles, and we now have arrived at the fifth article. Ellen, why don't you tell us what the fifth article is?
2: Thank you, Greg. Article 5 is no one shall be subjected to torture or to cruel, inhuman, or degrading treatment or punishment.
1: And this is yet another article that we go through. When you hear it, you're kind of just like, yeah, of course, no torture. Everyone can agree to that.
2: True, but there was a reason this article was included in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which was adopted in response to one of the world's greatest atrocities, the Holocaust, that included the torture and slaughter of millions of human beings. And, uh, you know, we recently celebrated International Holocaust Remembrance Day. You may ask, why would we want to remember that? Well, the important thing is that we do remember those horrific events that you know many, many people have endured. And the key is that we, we learn from them and that we never let them happen again so that mankind would learn how to live together in peace and tolerance.
1: This ties back to a common theme that is a topic of discussion every time that we do a human right of out of sight and out of mind. Meaning that these human rights, especially the last episode we did on human trafficking coming into this episode, many people do not like hearing or talking about this kind of stuff. People do not want to bring it up because it's an uncomfortable thing to talk about. But for that same reason is why it's so important to discuss. It's something that we do need to bring in the limelight. It's something that we do need to address with our local communities. And as we're talking about with the Holocaust, it's something internationally For human rights internationally, that needs to be discussed.
2: That's true. And, you know, we talked in, I think, the very, very first episode about the human right, uh, Article 29 on responsibility. So, if, again, if you don't know your rights, you can't do anything to promote or protect them. And who needs to promote or protect them? All of us. You know, we have the public sector, the private sector, and the civil sector. And it, it takes all of us to make sure that these these rights, this document gets implemented and executed across the world.
1: And we talk about it off air. Are we telling people too many times how important it is for them to know their human rights? I don't think there is too many times to tell someone, especially a human right like this.
2: Right. I would like to localize this human right a little bit. Uh, the article, like I said, says no one shall be subjected to torture or to cruel, inhuman or degrading treatment or punishment. To give an example, at the end of 2018, there was an article on Delaware Online uh, with the headlines that a lawyer alleges abuse, torture and terror in Delaware prisons. Just because someone is in prison does not allow someone else to subject them to torture and terror. Some other local issues around this human right are things like electroshock which still occurs today, domestic violence or even bullying in schools because it says, you know, th- those two things can be cruel, inhuman and de- grading so they are a violation of human rights. One other area I would like to bring up in regards to this human right is drug addiction. And especially when it's a created epidemic like the opioid epidemic, people could have innocently gone for help to, you know, one of their medical providers, been, you know, given an opioid and after a short time became addicted and then gone on to other things perhaps. So then their life is ruined. And I'm sure the uh, withdrawal from this kind of drug is very cruel and inhuman. Um, however, also you have to keep in mind their, their families and their friends, the people who are watching them, I mean, they're, they're suffering as well. And that is cruel. And no one should really have to go through that.
1: Yeah. And unfortunately, it's way too familiar in this day and age that everyone knows someone and almost everyone's been affected by this epidemic of drugs in the community, whether you were directly affected or someone you know has been affected, it's an unfortunate truth that it is so common. And you look back to, you know, what we were talking about, this was a created...
2: Epidemic, right. You know, and it's it's something like if people were really thinking about the big picture and the society at large and taking responsibility for that, drugs like that wouldn't never be even admitted into the culture. Now I'd like to introduce an expert from the Delaware Department of Justice who deals with handling violations around this article, Article 5, on a daily basis, Abigail Rogers Layton. Abby serves as the Director of the Family Division at the Delaware Office of the Attorney General. She has also served as the Chair of the Human Trafficking Coordinating Council for the State of Delaware, and Abby has been honored with the Delaware Department of Justice Distinguished Service Award, the Linnean Award for Outstanding Leadership and the Alfred J. Hamm Award for Leadership. Thank you, Abby, for joining us today. Uh, we are going to again go into Article Five. I'm happy that you're you're here to be able to tell us some of the things that your division, the family division of the Department of Justice is doing to handle some of the human rights violations around this particular right. So I'd like to start just by asking you, what are some of the types of violations that you see and you handle on a day-to-day basis? So on a big picture sense, some of the things that we do
0: overall at the Department of Justice and then within the Family Division include uh, we handle the bullying complaints in the schools. We have a whole team here who handles human trafficking in adults and in minors. And we have a domestic violence unit that handles the day-to-day of what happens in um, those relationships that we see, unfortunately, week after week.
2: So one of the things that that we've covered in some of the, the previous podcasts is you know, a lot of times people think these these violations or human rights issues are for other countries, but there's a lot actually happening right here and why it's so important for everyone to know their 30 human rights so they can protect them for themselves and others. So can you tell me some of the things that you do in your division to help students that are victims of school bullying? Sure. So through um, statutory authority, there is a school
0: ombudsman who works at the Department of Justice. Our uh, ombudsman's name is Bill McGillin and he answers the bullying hotline. So if anybody in the state of Delaware has a concern about bullying in the schools, they can call this hotline and he will look into the case. And he does such a great job of working with schools and law enforcement and the school resource officers and the families to try to get to the bottom of what's going on in that particular situation and try to work out a resolution. And of course, the schools each do their own um, bullying prevention programs and they have their own internal policies and procedures to combat the issues in their particular districts but we are always here to help with supportive resources such as bullying prevention programs cyberbullying prevention programs really anything that they might need from our perspective
2: wonderful um and what types of things should parents and students look out for as far as you know someone who who may be being bullied and they're not even sure that it is bullying well i think first and foremost it's always good for
0: parents or guardians to have conversations with their kids about what healthy healthy relationships look like so on any of the other things that we've talked about just now like domestic violence and trafficking and bullying you know at the base of a lot of that is understanding what healthy relationships look at like and how you should expect to be treated and how you should treat other people what we see in a lot of cases um, involving bullying is that Sometimes it has just grown out of a small argument that has just continued to spiral and spiral so that one person has the upper hand on one day and maybe the next day is the victim of this, of this argument. And for that piece of it, there's a lot of times that mediation will help work out what the underlying problem is. Mm-hmm. And then there are other cases where there's just what, what you and I probably think of as traditional bullying. One one human being horrible to another human, uh-huh. and I think in those instances, the the first thing to do is to notify the school that there's a problem, so that they can know, and to talk to your child about what's happening, and what's been happening, and make sure you have an understanding of the history of how you got from point A to point B.
2: And you know, I I've seen articles about students who who possibly it has gone so far to the point of someone. Committing suicide—that yeah. how does it get to that point? Mm-hmm. And again, like it, obviously the if there was communication or mediation, it, it wasn't working. But most likely, that didn't even happen.
0: You know, unfortunately, one of the challenges is that bullying is an underreported crime, an mm-hmm. underreported problem, which is why, like I said before, I think it's really important to have open dialogues with the children in your life and why our schools are doing such a good job of trying to keep that dialogue open and, and create a safe space for a kid to come and talk and say that this this bad thing is happening. But it's also important for people who are around children to recognize the signs that something has changed. So whether that, and this is a, a huge uh, category, whether that's some other sort of abuse or cyberbullying or face-to-face bullying in the classroom, there are some things that happen when kids experience these changes. And so you see things like change in attitude, change in um, how they behave towards things they traditionally liked, maybe a lack of sleep, a lack of eating. In the cyberbullying entity, we often see kids no longer want to get on the computer which is a huge sign, oh, right? Wow. They don't want to get on their phone. They don't want to get on their tablet. They don't want to get on the computer. And so those are some some clues that you see when there's a change in behavior, that there's something more going on mm-hmm. and that we really need to ask some more questions about what's happening in
2: that kiddo's life. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, very good, useful information. Um, and the, uh, the other thing, like this just j- brings me back to the whole reason why we would want to educate both youth and adults on the human rights because you know we all should be treated with dignity and respect and you know this this particular human right is about no one should be subjected to torture or cruel inhuman treatment yeah. or punishment and this this type of thing is very cruel like it says no one should be subjected to that and i understand you know what you said other divisions or departments within the department of justice um cover things like you know domestic violence and you even touched on the human trafficking Uh, which we actually covered in a previous podcast. But I would love to hear some of the things that you do there and some of the ways that you handle it for the state of Delaware. Well, in about
0: 2014, I think, we um, worked to rewrite the law human trafficking law in its entirety. Mm -hmm. And at that time, prior to that time, at the state level, no one had been charged with or convicted of human trafficking. And candidly, I don't think people even knew what human trafficking was, and certainly no one was saying those words out loud. Uh So since 2014, we have made it our mission with all of our partners in this fight to really educate people first about what it is. So you can't identify the problem unless you know what it is in the first place, which is in this arena sexually or uh, sexually exploited children or uh, children exploited for labor purposes. Mm -hmm. And so we've educated first responders, law enforcement, uh, the schools have taken an active role in it, um, the court system, so that everybody has a good sense of what to look for, so in the first place we can see when these things are happening, Mm -hmm. when something is amiss. And we've worked very hard to um, create safe bases for children when they are uh, discovered and to give them treatment following the discovery of the the trafficking Uh and to help them get back on their feet. You know, obviously my goal as a prosecutor is to put the bad guys in jail, but first and foremost it's to make sure that this child is removed from this terrible, terrible situation and get them the help and safety and security that they need. Uh, That's the first priority.
2: Right. And then what organizations do you work with um, to get them the help they need? Well, in in the arena of the
0: children, we work with the Children's Department here in Delaware, who's taken a very active role in educating their staff Uh on trafficking. And then any child who is trafficked is presumed to be abused or neglected. So those children then fall within the purview of the Division of Family Services.
2: And is there anything that you can recommend or ways that citizens can help? Mm-hmm. Um, in, in either of these cases, the bullying the or the domestic violence or or the trafficking.
0: Yep. And and in large part, they are interrelated, you know. A yes. lot of these things are uh, based out of relationships that, that take a horrible turn. I think there's some great resources. If you can't find a presentation somewhere to go to, some great Internet resources. The Internet is a blessing and a curse in many ways. But in this way, it's great because we can educate ourselves. In the arena of trafficking, there's an organization called Polaris, and Polaris.org is a great place to go take a look for information about trafficking worldwide and even you know what it looks like here in the United States. A great resource for information about cyberbullying and keeping your kids safe online is uh, this website called NetSmarts, and that's spelled kind of unusually, N-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-Z not an Ask Smarts, mm-hmm. that has great resources for people about what to look for and how to help protect your kiddos from the bad things that are on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And we have also in Delaware a couple great organizations that, um, if you are interested that in the domestic violence arena, and one is the Domestic Violence Coordinating Council, which is a state agency, and they do great work and have great information on their website about hotline numbers and
2: more information about identification and the signs of domestic violence. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Abby, for talking with us today and for giving us this information around the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, Article 5, things that are happening in our area, things that people can do about it. And, of course, the bullying hotline is
0: 1-800-220-5414.
2: Thank you so much, Abby. Thanks for giving me this opportunity to
0: talk about these really important topics. And, again, if anybody needs any more information, there's
2: those great websites to look to to educate yourself further. All right, Abby, thanks so much, and thank you again for being with us today. Thank you. Take care. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye
1: very valuable information there. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of Know Your Rights with Ellen Firestone. We will be back with another episode before you know it.